Hi everyone, welcome back to Coffee and Bible Time. I'm Ash and this is Mentor Mama. Hello. And today we are continuing the series and actually closing up the series called Biblical Perspectives on Raw Topics with Mentor Mama. Before we get into today's episode, I wanna let you guys know that we have a new Bible study course on coffeeandbibletime.com. It's a Bible study on John 13 through 17, all about union with Christ, what it looks like to abide in Christ, and why that should transform us as believers today and just connect us to the Lord in a personal and deep and relational way. So go check out that Bible study. I will have it linked in the description. So Mentor Mama, the first question I'm going to ask you today is, what has been your personal experience with accepting your body or maybe not accepting your body, the body that God has given you from the time you were little up to now? Okay, well, you know, I was really giving this a lot of thought and I can actually remember the first time that I feel like I experienced sort of some type of body image issue. And I actually was already doing the comparison game. I was probably grade school age. And I can remember that there were other girls in my neighborhood that wore halter tops. And I remember their stomachs, even to this day, were like pancake flat. And mind you, um, it wasn't like I was overweight, but I definitely didn't have their type of a body build. And it made me wonder why didn't mine look like theirs? Mm -hmm. And I know that that is like the very first time that I started to wonder. And I remember actually feeling sad about it as a kid, like, hey, what's wrong with me and my stomach? Mm-hmm. Um, but then in, in high school, I, I guess the one thing I struggled with in high school was acne. Mm. And, oh, that was no fun going through that stage. But um, got through it. Um, but I can remember actually going to one high school dance and thinking, do I have enough makeup on to cover up all this stuff? So again, mm. another distorted Also, I'm making that image. face because I struggle with acne. So, um, and then getting into my college years, as I talked about previously, that's when I experienced my eating disorder. And I think it all started, you know, in that time frame of attending college, eating all kinds of crazy dorm food. I could just have unlimited quantities and eat whatever I wanted. And mm. I kind of went a little crazy. Um, but I also had, uh, what's called cognitive distortions during that time. So as I mentioned earlier, one of them was like the comparison game. I'm comparing myself to someone else and I shouldn't be. Another mm -hmm. one of these distortions is rigidity. And I had very rigid thoughts in my mind, like what you can do, what you can't do. I can't eat this dessert because X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. I have to get straight A's because X, Y, Z. And these very mm -hmm. rigid rules helped contribute as well to um, this negative cycle of starting to feel bad about yourself. Mm -hmm. And then once you feel bad about yourself, that leads into giving you a bad mood. And mm -hmm. then after you've had the bad mood, it triggers more negative thoughts and criticism of yourself. And, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, and, th and then that can also fuel anxiety 
mm -hmm. and depression. It wasn't really more until my adult years that I started to begin to change my mental perspective. And I became a believer probably when I was in my 30s. And I remember learning at that time what my true identity comes from being in Christ. And I specifically mm. remember doing a Bible study on Proverbs 31 and specifically verse 30 like even back then I wasn't approaching my aging years but this verse has just stuck out to me and continues just to encourage me and it's verse 30 which says charm, charm is deceptive, deceptive and beauty is fleeting <laughs> But a, but a woman, woman who, who fears, fears the Lord, Lord is to be praised. And it was this understanding of seeing how God sees me that completely and entirely changed my way of thinking. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then the second thing that really started began to change in my adult years was that Within the last five years, I, I had been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, as you well know. And it was through that process of being very intentional about trying to eat highly nutritious foods, becoming more educated on what they are and how they can fuel your body, um, getting plenty of sleep and then mm. appropriate exercise. All of those, I mm -hmm. think, has started to help change my, my perspective. Mm. So Mentor Mama, if you can be honest with us, uh. <laughs> what specific areas of your body do you struggle to accept? You already kind of touched on your stomach. Yeah. I mean, definitely it's kind of like my whole center section. Like, I know Taylor always jokes about her muffin top. Well, I've got a muffin top. And then my side saddles. Like She calls it <laughs> side saddles and muffin top, which the side saddles are like... They go out a little bit. You're curvy. That's nice. But that's, it's a weird lump. No, but it's a different kind of curve that you need to learn to accept. Yes. How about you? For me, ugh. well, I'll just go back and share a little bit. But since my childhood, I, I can remember, and we actually did this in counseling, so I would suggest it to you if you're watching this right now too. Um, is to go back in your mind, in your memories, to figure out every moment since you were the youngest you can remember um, in your childhood of moments of body image issues or um, like you said, moments where you recognized your body and you had shame with it or you didn't accept it. I've done that. I've kind of dug through my past to see what has come up and I've I had a lot of the same problems and I mean I did competitive cheer and I have a lot of memories tied to that because we wore those outfits where it was just up here and then a little mini skirt and I I felt the same also there's a garbage truck behind us right now <laughs> <laughs> also I felt the same thing about my stomach because we I could compare my stomach to other people's but um my one of my closest friends was stick skinny and could eat whatever she wanted wouldn't gain a pound and I mean I remember back then I wasn't it didn't really phase me as much but then as we got older um 
I remember one time her pointing out, oh, that girl over there is so fat. And in my head, I thought, I'm bigger than her. And I was like, it hit me just so hard because I was like, she thinks she's fat and I'm like, what am I over here? So it just was like, and, and you know, it could have been for me body dysmorphia because mm -hmm. I bet I wasn't bigger than that person. Mm -hmm. But to me, mm -hmm. I thought I was. Mm -hmm. So I struggled with body dysmorphia, um, binge eating disorder, struggling with just learning how to accept my body the way it is. And now that I'm eating disorder free, I still struggle with a lot of food anxiety mm -hmm. and disordered eating. So it's a constant battle. And I would say a lot of that food anxiety is due to body image issues mm -hmm. and struggling with accepting my body. So I think for me, what I obviously is hardest for me to accept is the fact that I have a tummy and I think a lot of women do, obviously, because we're meant to carry children and mm -hmm. everybody's different, but it's just hard when society has portrayed for such a long time a skinny, mm -hmm. like the Victoria's Secret models that have no fat and mm -hmm. just you see the models everywhere or it's just hard. Yeah. Which I'm not saying that body's wrong or bad. I think that body is beautiful, but when all society shows you is one body type, mm -hmm. then it makes you have this idea in your head that every other body type is not valued. Yeah. So, although I will say, I feel like uh, advertisers now are becoming much, much more that than it oh, during way my day. More. I'm talking about when I was growing yeah, up. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm glad, but it's nice to see that that's changing and that yes. more body types are considered acceptable. Yes. So have you felt like you found the balance between eating healthy, taking care of your body exercises, um, exercising versus accepting your body the way it is? For example, I know for me, um, I can struggle with, oh, I'm just going to eat healthy and exercise so that I can be skinny rather than I'm going to eat healthy and exercise so that I can take care of my body. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other side of the pendulum where I can be like, oh, well, I'm gonna accept the body that God has given me so I can not exercise, I can eat what I want because this is the body he's given me. And it's almost like, it's like either one side of, this is the body he's given me, I'm not gonna exercise, eat healthy, whatever. The other side is, I need to be this really skinny ideal so I'm gonna eat super healthy, X, Y, Z. Yeah, I, I would venture to say that all of us are somewhere within that spectrum. I would say that I'm really a work in progress and that means I'm somewhere in between being this ultra healthy person to accepting my body just the way it is and, mm -hmm. and even over time I've slid back and forth on that scale. Um, what I can tell you is that I do feel more confident. I do feel, um, I guess, more secure knowing that I'm trying to eat highly nutritious foods and that I'm trying to exercise. I think one thing that really helps is just even watching videos and learning. There's so much you can be educated on without being, you know, a nutritionist. There's so many things that you can watch and learn. 
So I think if you can think of those types of things as avenues to be the healthiest version of you, rather than sort of the pressure of being, you know, using those things to make you the perfect looking model, mm -hmm. I think that you'll be much better off. You're so right. And I think that it has to come back to every day. What are the intentions of your heart? Are the intentions of your heart, oh, I want to be skinny, I want to be the certain body image, so I'm going to eat these foods or I'm going to exercise this so much. Um, because it can be so easy to just kind of unconsciously go through that cycle of like, I'm going to do this to be healthy, to be skinny, and then um, your motivations are wrong. So you have to go back to the beginning and say, Lord, I repent of my wrong motivations. I repent of my idol of skinniness or control or whatever it may be, or this ideal body. I repent of not accepting myself the way you've made me. And Lord, help me to eat healthy, exercise, get good amounts of sleep, have good relationships for the purpose of taking care of the body you've given me. And it's a, a temple of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. So. so another question for you is, as you have been aging, what new struggles have been coming with body image? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, the aging process um, isn't necessarily fun to be watching yourself kind of deteriorate before your eyes. Oh gosh. I mean, That's a scary way to put it. I know. Honestly, like I think of like, you know, wearing shorts and seeing my varicose veins or mm. having flabby underarms, um, certainly wrinkles and gray hair, which you know, for you has been the hardest. Been, it's only been for five months that I've been growing out this natural hair color of mine. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I'm not going to lie because it definitely makes me look older, but mm -hmm. I've just decided to embrace it. Mm -hmm. and I think it's fine if you do. Clearly, I have for years. Um, do but, color your hair. Yes, but I now I'm just actually kind of excited about just being me and <laughs> accepting it. And really, you and Taylor have like influenced me a lot mm -hmm. in making that decision. So, you know. The whole world is trying to force you to be young. Mm -hmm. All advertisements, all beauty creams and serums, all actresses and models who are 60 years old right now and using Botox and doing all these things. The world is shoving down your throat that you need to forever look young. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the world is telling us. But like you said, charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Doorbell. <laughs> There's a UPS guy out. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of you. For her, it has not been easy. It was really hard to let go of coloring your hair. Yeah. But you have jumped right into it. And that's yeah. just how she felt she wanted to go. Before we close out, I wanted to read you guys something from this book, which is really random because this is The Marriage Builder. But this was really convicting to me. And he's talking to couples, but if you're single, that's okay. Please listen, because I think it might be convicting to you. Um, in our, and I'll put this up on the screen as well. In our society, a person's value is typically measured in terms of earning power, prestige of occupation, the location, cost, size, and furnishings of a home. 
social circles, poise and graciousness, physical attractiveness, cars, gadgets, the style, brand name, and cost of clothing, place of education and degrees, athletic talent, musical ability, and a religious context, ministry abilities in the church, singing, teaching a class, leadership positions, committee involvement, etc., are additional standards of measurement. Too many couples have unwittingly bought Satan's lie. And I could replace that as too many people haven't willingly bought Satan's lie. The beautiful people who have been blessed with money, good looks, and talent may experience a counterfeit sense of worth that provides some satisfaction of their needs. Because the pain of their unmet needs is dulled, they may never enter into the difficult struggle of finding real security and significance meaning real security and significance in Christ. Their lives may appear happy, vital, and trouble-free, no morbid wrestling matches with their deep inner conflict. Whenever discomfort reaches the threshold of awareness, these people anesthetize it with more activities, purchases, trips, or whatever else they enjoy. I wonder how many Christians with comfortable means and interesting lives come together at the deepest, and he's talking about couples, come together at the deepest level of their personalities, but bury their inward longings for love and purpose under a mountain of success instead. How sad, how empty. Better to struggle with substance than to comfortably accept a shadow. So I think at the end of the day, our bodies are a shadow. Our bodies are given to us from God and they are good and our bodies will be resurrected one day and be made new. Mm -hmm. But for this moment, our bodies are a fleeting shadow and we can't hold on to our looks and we can't make that our idol Mm -hmm. and our everything Mm -hmm. because it's just, we're wrinkling, we're getting old, we're disappearing, we're aging. We can't make our bodies our ultimate idol and hope. I think that's what this was convicting for me. Yes. Yeah, that's a dangerous place to be. To find your security, mm-hmm. that's what he's saying, his, mm-hmm. your security and your significance in your body or in you know your clothes or your achievements or your successes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be your body, but it's just a dangerous place to be. Yes, and I feel like that's something too that's part of the maturing process and maybe not even until you start to get older too and start to see things deteriorate. Exactly, and that's what he's saying is that you can rely on that for so long in your life that you don't even realize that you're putting your security and significance in that. And then once that starts fading away, you're like, oh, I was putting something in that that I shouldn't have been. So quickly to close out the show today, I'm gonna ask you one more question. What would you suggest to men and women who are struggling with their bodies? Well, I'd like to just start by saying, like, if you're in a really bad spot, um, there are a lot of great counselors out there that can Mm. help you specifically with these types of issues. And I would highly recommend that. In fact, um, we work with Faithful Counseling. We'll put a link in the notes below. I know I've used them and they're amazing Mm -hmm. so definitely counseling if you're in the place second um i would suggest being open with a confidant whether that's a family member or a good friend but i think it's important to like 
talk about these things and get other people's perspective because sometimes you can't see yourself or you're just you've distorted things so much yep. and so i think getting an outside perspective talking to other people is really really important i also think you know as i already mentioned just um, nutritious foods and sleep and exercise those things are really helpful and then lastly not that it's the least significant because it's so important but praying and staying in god's word mm -hmm. on a daily basis helps tremendously because you can ask god to help you see yourself like he sees you mm. and that's a prayer request that you could make mm -hmm. i know i in fact for dad i try to ask that prayer help me to see him like you see him mm. god and so for ourselves, I would say, you know, when you're staying in God's word and it seems like you're always going to be running into something that talks about our value and our worth to God. And it's, it's kind of like David, you know, when um, man looks at the outward appearance, appearance but, God but God looks, looks at the heart. heart. Yes. So... Amen. Well, thank you so much, Mentor Mama, for doing this whole series with us. We're so thankful, and I know so many women out there are just beyond thankful for you. Um, yeah, we're just so happy that you could join us. And thank you for having me on. And it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been very vulnerable. Oh, uh, but I'm, oh. I'm really glad that we did it. Me too. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed. Share with a friend.